Welcome to Ginspired, brought to you by theginshop.ca. This podcast will take you on a journey into the world of gin, where you'll experience this versatile spirit in ways you never thought possible. Now the host of Ginspired, Heather E. Wilson. Hello and welcome to Ginspired, where we talk about and celebrate everything about the wonderful juniper lace spirit called gin. And on today's episode, we are switching things up a bit. And Carl Richards, my podcast mentor and friend, he's going to interview me about my adventures with creating my new cookbook, Ginspired, the ultimate gin cookbook. And I can tell you, it was quite the adventure. Welcome, Carl. Thank you, Heather, for having me. Were you Ginspired to write this cookbook? Which is called Ginspired, is it not? Uh, are we going to talk about what's in our glasses right now first, though? Okay, tell you what, you go first. So I. Oh, thank you. I you usually go, go second. So this is quite refreshing. It's okay. interesting being on the opposite side of the mic. So it's very interesting. Okay, so today I have a cocktail that does not have a name because oh. Larry, my man, he whips me up concoctions on a regular basis <laughs> that we really don't name. We just kind of drink. And so today I'm actually having a new gin that we just got. It's from Quebec. It's called Trezor. Trezor Trezor 13. And that's because there's botanicals. Very, very good. Yummy. So I have, Mm. it just arrived on PEI. So of course I had to try it. And I have that mixed with a little smidge of St. Germain and triple sec. Oh, wow. Not stirred. And in my martini glass. I don't know if I can top that. I'll tell you what I'm drinking. I am drinking Empress gin. <gasps> it's pretty much a gin and tonic. Just saying. It's Empress gin, a little bit of Canada dry tonic, and <gasps> some lime. And that's what I'm drinking. There we go. All right. But hey, it's okay. It's okay. You know, it's good. I'm never going to drink shame you. Where did you come up with the idea for... A gin cookbook, other than your love for gin, which, you know, is a good place to start. But where did the idea come from? It is. So Larry and I, we were in Ireland sitting at Temple Bar, surprisingly drinking gin. And we had gone to many distilleries and pubs and various gin establishments in Ireland and had amazing food and drink everywhere. And so we were commiserating on why on earth... We couldn't do this at home. Why was there not a gin cookbook? Why could I not get a t-shirt that said ginsident on it, you know? And Mm. so that got, you know, ideas percolating and we get home and I start basically some of my favorite recipes. I just start throwing gin in all different ones, just different ones. I'm like, what is gin ultimately? Gin is a spirit that is made from botanicals. What are botanicals? herbs and spices. What do you cook with? Herbs and spices. So it was so (laughs) logical to me that I didn't understand why no one was doing this. So I researched and I Googled and I was like, there's got to be recipes out there, right? Somebody on this planet must have cooked with gin before. They cook with everything else, wine, Mm. whiskey, beer, you know, why not gin? I couldn't find a cookbook. I couldn't find anything. There was a few little recipes here or there, but they weren't very good. And so I'm like, well, I can do this. I make recipes all the time. I'm a great cook. So basically I started making recipes with gin. And then, you know, my neighbors and my friends would have it. And they're like, oh my, this is like so good. You should make a cookbook. So this was fall of 2019. Over that winter, I wrote all my recipes. 
Then the spring of 2020, basically in the midst of COVID initial lockdowns, Mm. I found 24 recipe testers. Some were my friends and family, but some were like their friends and their family. And so I didn't actually know every single one of the testers. There was 24 testers and then their family that they fed the food to and whoever else they fed it to. Right. Yeah. So it was tested all through 2020 by all the testers. So it wasn't just me and Larry saying, oh my gosh, this is the best recipe ever. It was actually (laughs) all around the world that were testing. So it validated it for me so that I wasn't just, you know, thinking that I had great recipes and I didn't. What's the process then? Because Thinking of, you know, cookbooks that I know that are on my cookbook shelf, because yes, I have one because I love to cook. (laughs) Just the process that you had to go through for the photography. I mean, most cookbooks that I have, there's a lot of photography. Did you take these photos yourself? So if I had known 1% of what was involved in creating cookbook, I never would have started this project. Just putting that out there right now. (laughs) A lot of people said to me, why don't you just make the food? Put it on your kitchen table and take a photo. One, I'm terrible at taking photos. Two, I only have a phone camera. So Mm. yeah, it's decent quality for, let's say, Instagram, but it's not enough for actually printing in a cookbook. And so after researching how to take food photography, I quickly discovered that there was no way on this planet I would ever do this on my own. So I went out and found an amazing food photographer who basically walked me through the process Mm. that I didn't even know existed prior to talking to her. So first you make a list of all the recipes you're taking a photo of. Okay. That's number one. Next, every single recipe has to be broken down by what the layout is going to look like. So we research ideas for every layout. Okay. So every recipe gets at least five to 10 different layout ideas. Then we pick linens, utensils, garnishes, shrapnel, like whatever you want to put with it, right? That's not even including the recipe itself. So that is a list that happens long before you actually take the photo. Then I take my lists and I add my groceries to those lists and I go shopping. So this was my week. This is an average week for me. Thursday, I'd make my lists. Friday, I'd go shopping. Saturday, Sunday, I would make all the food. Monday, Tuesday, we'd film. Wednesday, I would do my normal job. (laughs) Seven days a week from July to now. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. So oh it's my not goodness. what people think. And so then what would happen is on the shoot day. So when we were there and all weekend I would cook. So on average, we did five recipes a day. So that's 10 recipes for me to make on a weekend. You think oh, wow. five, you only filmed five on a day. Well, I can tell you, we worked nine to five to six Every one of those days, it takes well over an hour to per recipe to get the lighting perfect, to get the placement perfect, to get that little piece of parsley in the exact right place. You know, like it's insane. One recipe alone, like one of the cakes took over three hours. And just for context, by the way, Heather mentioned a timeline of July. So this podcast is airing early October. So you figure from July... Mm-hmm. Pretty much to the end of September, Correct. you've basically been working that week of five or six days out of seven, either preparing the food or shopping or shooting or whatever, Correct. just the cookbook. Just the cookbook. Wow. And I could not personally afford to have every single recipe have a photo. Okay. I think we have about 
60% of the recipes have photo. That's why yeah. it's the time, the cost, yeah. the printing cost is insane. It's so involved. When I explain this to people and they say, well, why didn't you just do the photos yourself? I just want to shake them personally because they have no idea what goes in to it. And like you even just look on a menu yeah. or a billboard or a McDonald's commercial, let's say. Mm-hmm. Now they have huge budgets. It takes a lot of time to create any food photo. I personally made every bit of food that is photographed in that book. There is no fake food. There are no sprays. There are no nothing weird. I made it. We filmed it. So you know that when you see those photos, you can make them too. Any fun incidents happening (laughs) during this process? Yes. Yes. So Heather, the photographer, and then we have a food stylist. Her name is Jen. So the three of us, we did all the photography together. Like we were very much on scene. And so we're always like laughing and joking around and things like that. It was going really, really, really well until we got to the carrot cake. And you'll see when you get the book, there's an epic carrot cake photo. However, (laughs) there is a story behind it because the carrot cake is what I would consider one of, it's not a hard recipe. It's just time consuming recipe. As anyone knows for a good carrot cake. And I can Mm. tell you my carrot cake is phenomenal. Of course it is. So there's gin in the cake, there's gin in the glaze, and there's gin in the frosting. So mm, 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 it's super yummy. But we were filming it and it was on a cake plate, which we later found out was crooked. The plate was crooked, but we thought the table was crooked. We didn't realize it was the cake plate that was crooked because we just bought it for the prop. So Heather crawls under the table where the cake is and you can probably see where this is going to lift the table leg up and put like you know a matchbook kind of thing and like to equal the table out yeah well she lifted her and boy did that cake fly and it fell and we could just see it. it's like one of those slow-mo movie photos where the cake just comes like flying off no. No, and jen and i are like because no! we hadn't taken any photos yet of it Oh my goodness. There was no photos of it. And so it lands in Heather's hair and on the floor (laughs) and like everywhere. There was some serious swearing involved and Heather's like, oh, you know, like freaking out. And so then Jen being the food stylist, she's like, well, I can fix it. We're talking smush cake on the floor here. So she takes the top layer that didn't even hit the floor. Oh, goodness. She creates a two-layer cake out of it. And so she puts it against the wall and it looks like it's a whole cake, right? But it's like, tilted and crooked and anyway long story short i ended up making an entire new cake the next week instead of 10 recipes i had 11 recipes the next week i made a whole new cake the photo is fantastic and phenomenal and it was a good thing in the end but there was cake everywhere here's another little slide it's larry's absolute favorite dessert carrot cake and all day he's like i can't wait to eat my carrot cake because i would always bring the recipes home right to food home and he's like where's my carrot and so I messaged him. I was like, bad news. There's been a incident. Your cake fell on the floor. And he's like, I don't care. Made me take the top layer that Heather salvaged and bring it home in like a dish. And he ate it. So people know it is a darn good recipe because he's willing to eat it pretty much. Often. Oh, my goodness. And that's just one thing that happened. So I'm thinking there might be an episode of just Heather and Larry incidents. How can listeners pick up the copy of the cookbook? Because I know right now it's order critical time yes. yeah critical time right now you're hearing this episode october heather's going to give you the information for your pre-sale if you're hearing it after that then you'll still get your cookbook it just might be a little longer so anyways give the details right 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 yes so right now we are in 
major pre-sales for the cookbook if you need it in time for the holidays as a gift or for yourself or whatever. And so in the show notes, I'm going to put the link to our website where you can actually pick up a hardcover or a softcover copy. You will need to order it direct from us. It will not be on Amazon just yet. So for those of you who are waiting for Amazon, it'll be down the road. And just a little word about that, and hopefully they never listen to this, is that small sellers, small businesses Mm -hmm. rely on direct sales because third-party services such as Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and these bigger ones, they literally take 99.9% of the sales, and we have nothing to live on. (laughs) (laughs) Let's put it that way. And so we are doing pre-sales in order to basically raise money to pay for the book and to get it out there and to get it to you as quickly as possible. Now with COVID and all these shipping supply issues, the turnaround is quite long compared to what it used to be. So that's Mm -hmm. why we have a cutoff of October 15th for pre-sales. Now, Every single book that is pre-sold right now, I will personally sign. So you get a nice little signed cop. And then if you order after that, it's not like you're not going to get it. You'll definitely get it. It's just, we don't know the exact date, but you'll still get it. It just may not be in time exactly for you to give it, you know, as a gift at Christmas or a holiday. Heather will put the links in the show notes so you can click on it directly. And it's not just for gin lovers. Okay? That's right. Yeah. It's for people who like to cook with a new ingredient and a unique ingredient and just try something new. And many of the recipes, you don't have to use the gin, but some of it, you know, you can leave it out. And for many, many, many of the recipes, the alcohol itself is cooked off. So it's safe for children or minors or teetotalers. It's the flavor that counts. And that's what I'm all about. Hey, if I had my way, I'd be opening the cookbook right now, leaving through it saying, hey, I got to go. Got to figure out what I'm cooking tonight with gin. But Heather, congratulations. Firstly, on the podcast, I haven't been on an episode yet. I thank you so much for inviting me to share in this discussion with you about the cookbook, but certainly congratulations on the cookbook. Okay. Well, there you have it. That's the story behind how my cookbook came to be, what it takes to photograph a cookbook and a few, tiny few of the adventures in creating it all. And thank Thank you so much for being here and for listening and really be sure to check out the show notes for the link to the cookbook and the ginshop.ca for all your gin clothing and novelty needs. And until next time, remember to gin or not to gin is a very silly question. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ginspired, brought to you by the ginshop.ca. If we've ginspired you, drop us a note. Heather at the ginshop.ca. We may even read your email or feature your ginspirational story in an upcoming episode. And remember to follow us on social media. Until next time, let the party be gin. <laughs>